This week on Business Brief, we'll hear from a Kansas City entrepreneur on his experience building the first Latinx-owned beer company in the metro area. Then we'll learn about a new farming practice gaining popularity across the state. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Siggy Reese, and I am joined by my co-host, Chelsea Peter. Chelsea, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, and you? I am doing well. I'm super excited that Mizzou is going to the Cotton Bowl this year. I know. I heard that they sold out their ticket allotment in like under 24 hours. I know. It's pretty crazy. I was lucky enough to get tickets. I'm from Texas, so I'm super excited to be attending, and hopefully the Tigers will pull out a win. Yeah, I agree. Well, are you ready to get into this week's headlines? Let's do it. U.S. job openings dropped to the lowest level since March 2021 in October. There were 8.7 million job openings last month, a significant decline from nearly 9.5 million openings in September. The decline of job openings in healthcare, social assistance, and banking were particularly steep. The decrease is a sign that hiring is somewhat slowing. More Missouri child care providers will now be able to apply for state grant funds after the Missouri Board of Education voted unanimously this week to drop certification requirements. Before the vote, child care providers had to show proof of a traditional teaching certification to apply. The decision means providers with an associate or bachelor's degree in childhood development are now eligible. St. Louis-based restaurant chain Panera Bread has filed to go public according to CNBC. The company has been private since 2017. In May, the company brought in a new CEO in hopes of bringing about an initial public offering. The news about the filing comes as Panera is being sued for deaths allegedly caused by the chain's charged lemonade. Local Kansas City union leaders sent a letter to the Jackson County Legislature this week demanding the lawmakers secure the Chiefs and Royals' home in Missouri. The unions are requesting a renewal of a sales tax that supports the professional sports teams. They are also urging county lawmakers to enforce a community benefits agreement that would ensure the team's stadiums are union-built and operated. The union's actions come amid concerns that the teams might consider moving to Kansas. For our next story, we are talking about something brewing in Kansas City. Ooh, what would that be? That would be beer at a local beer company. And this new business is the first Latinx-owned beer brand in the Kansas City area. Sounds interesting. I agree. So Missouri Business Alert reporter Anzi Franco talked to Damon Ariando, the owner of Rizoma Liquid Creations, about his experience building the business in Kansas City. Here's part of their conversation. Can you explain to me a little bit more of your business model, where you guys brew from, just some backgrounder? Do you have any employees, anything of that matter? We are a contract beer brand, so we pay someone to produce our product. Um, And right now we are in between producers, so we have zero (laughs) product, which has been really hard um, because as we've been having articles and and other stuff, it's like people are like, where can we buy it? And I'm like, this is the hardest thing is we had it and now we don't because one of the downsides of not having your own production 
uh, space is you are now at the mercy of other people's schedules, other people's quality, other people's consistency. Um, you're at the mercy of a lot of things. And so for us, um, because quality matters and um, suppliers matter, like the people we work with and, and making sure there is some alignment uh, there, it's been really hard uh, to hit the margins we need because we don't have right a tap room right now. We are negotiating for a couple potential places as we speak. Um, and um, there's some really good opportunities, but it's been really, uh, really difficult because regionally, especially around Kansas City in particular, we haven't had the, there aren't the facilities um, and other producers who have the capability to do what we're looking for in terms of volume. So I know that your business is very Latinx focused. So how do you, the, how does the company incorporate Latinx cultural elements into its workplace um, and values? It starts with intentionality. Um one thing I've always talked about is like all of our decision making has to go through kind of five pillars um, and each pillar um, we'll, we'll say it's sustainability um, cultural and in, in terms of the community that we're, we're supporting and financially it has to make sense and some other stuff but everything kind of runs through these pillars and then um, when we get to the end of a decision it's like okay we are looking for a contractor or, or a lawyer or, or whatever it's Oh, okay. Now, who are these? Um, are there people within the Latino community, the Latinx community, or uh, communities of color? Like, we really are trying to be intentional in choosing, okay, what decision do we need to make? And then, are there people within these communities that we can support and reach out to first? How much funding have you raised since your inception idea? So right now, uh, we've, we've had some friends and family. Um, I would say that it's been low, so probably 20, uh, 20K. And then doing what I have to do to keep it going. And, um, you know, we're, like I said, we're, we're negotiating on, on multiple levels in terms of um, potential investment for uh, scenario, I would say, like um, if we had our own production facility um, or what have you but um it hasn't all come together yet but we're like really close to um i would say getting enough funding to um really invest into the uh just getting product on the shelves can you share any strategies or tactics that were particularly effective in attracting investors as a minority owner it's a lot easier when you have product in market to then go to investors, but the intentionality has also brought um, interested people or people willing to share your information with someone else and someone else. Um, it's you know it's a matter of finding the the pieces uh, that makes it happen. But I would say we've got a lot of supporters. Um, but the hardest thing is finding the champions. Um, you know those those people who really have the time and energy to take on some stuff that you need that maybe you don't have as a small business. But I'm definitely learning some of my limitations and stuff. But um, I would say just reaching out and continuing to network. Um, Global Global Entrepreneurship Week, for example, was a good one um, where there's 90% tech people in, in which tech investors there's investment in general has kind of shifted in terms of expectations it's it's been really good because that community still is very connected and there's all people are always looking to potentially diversify
For our next story, I'm joined by Missouri Business Alert reporter Tegan King, who has been reporting on the emerging indoor farming industry here in Missouri. Tegan, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. So indoor farming seems to be a pretty new industry. How many indoor farming operations does the U.S. have right now? Right now, it's estimated that the U.S. has about 2,000 indoor farms, and this number is expected to keep growing over the next decade in many different formats. So what exactly is indoor farming? Well, like the name says, it's just farming indoors. As farmers become more susceptible to drought and extreme weather, many people have begun exploring solutions like this one. It can take several different forms, such as growing plants like herbs and leafy greens, in vertical shelves, tubs of water, or alongside fish to make fertilizer. Good to know. And you visited one of these facilities near St. Louis. What was that like? The facility at Rankin Technical College in Troy uses aquaponics. So that's a combination of aquaculture or growing fish indoors and hydroponics, which is growing plants in water instead of soil. The lab space has large tubs of water for growing tilapia, and then tubes carry the water from the tubs over to the other half of the room to fertilize the plants. This all sounds pretty complicated. How expensive is it to run one of these facilities? That's the problem for a lot of these places. It all depends on the kind of operation, but for Rankin in particular, its basic materials alone cost almost $17,000, and that doesn't include expenses like energy costs for lights and fans. Wow. Is that how much most of these facilities cost? Again, it depends on a lot of different conditions, but one study from the University of Missouri and Kansas State University researchers examined a case study for an indoor farming supply chain in St. Louis. The researchers found it would cost nearly $400,000 a year, and they also said many facilities can expect to spend $100,000 to $200,000 on lighting alone. Alice Roach, who did siting analysis for the study I mentioned, said location can also affect costs. Are the researchers expecting to see more of these operations here in Missouri? That's definitely a possibility. It's still a bit of a waiting game to see what this industry will look like here because it's so new. Roach said Missouri is a strategic location because of major agriculture and tech companies in the St. Louis area and the state central location. Thanks for talking with me today, Tegan. Thanks for having me. It is now time for us to get into our words of the week. Chelsea, what do you have for us this week? This week, my word is furniture. Okay, and why is furniture in the news? Well, people are just buying less furniture. Interesting. And why is that? So home sales are dropping, which means people have fewer reasons to purchase pricey home items like sofas and appliances. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So how have retailers felt this decrease in spending? Some U.S. companies have filed for bankruptcy this year. The CEO of Williams-Sonoma says people are more hesitant to buy expensive furniture right now. And hardware store Home Depot is expecting to lose revenue this fiscal year. So we know furniture sales are dropping because home sales are dropping. So what's the reason for real estate sales going down? Well, that would be because of higher interest rates. The Federal Reserve Bank's rate hikes meant to curb inflation are simultaneously making buying a house more expensive. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Siggy? My words are Copa America. Ooh, so are you referring to the soccer tournament? Yes, and it's coming to Missouri. Wow, no way. So what are the details? Kansas City earned another host city title this week when it was named one of the hosts of the Copa America. Arrowhead Stadium, home of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Children's Mercy Park, home of Sporting KC, will both host matches this summer. Nice. So what teams compete in the Copa America? Many South American national teams compete in the tournament, but some from North America play as well. The U.S. national team will play at the game at Arrowhead. For a closing thought, here's Damon Ariando again on his advice for other entrepreneurs. I would say definitely no 
your strengths and weaknesses. Um, you know, one, th- one thing for me kind of in this process is I'm a nuts and bolts guy. Like I, I could tell you all the details. I could tell you all the numbers, all the margins, all this stuff. But being able to translate that to somebody who's willing to potentially willing to give you money, um, that takes a different skill than just knowing the information. Um, communicating it in a way, whether it's a pro forma, a pitch deck, um, a... Uh, a one pager, um, you know, there's like 10 different ways you could present information to an angel. You know, it's, it's find as many ways as you can communicate the business to potential investors. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing the music for this episode. For my co-hosts, Chelsea Peter, editors Julian Jensen, Gashami Kowaichuk, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacy. I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.